Hi, thanks for tuning back in to another episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I'm your host, Becky Easton. And today is Sunday. Well, the recording for Sunday. I am recording a little bit late and counting it as the same day because, um, you know, I haven't gone to sleep yet. So um, <laughs> that's how this works, right? When I'm doing a daily podcast, I just have to record it before I go to sleep. Um, or at least in my rule book that it's going to be that way. <laughs> so anyway, um, I today am wanting to talk to you a little bit about 10 planning steps that you can take right away to take charge of your child's future care when you have a special needs child. You know, because a typical child could recover from a failure to plan on your part, but a child with special needs may never recover. And although some people with special needs are able to support themselves as an adult, many will actually need to rely on government assistance. And most importantly, you must put in place a clear plan for the care of your children if something happens to you. This is critical. You don't just leave the care of your family and your assets to chance. So let's get further into it and start talking about these steps. Number one, you're going to name guardians for both the short term and the long term. If you have children under the age of 18, you must give clear legal authority for designated caretakers to take custody of your children immediately if there is an emergency. You've heard me talk about it several times in the past, and I'm sure you'll hear me talk about it many more times over the course of this year and beyond. It is so important to be sure that you have clear authority laid out for people who can take care of your children, both in an emergency, who people should call if something happens to you, and then also who you would like to serve as um, permanent guardians for your children if you are unable. In a document that's not just your will, you have to die in order for your will to work. And sometimes you are still alive but need assistance. Step number two, you want to identify the need for future care planning for your special needs child. Once you've named those guardians, identify whether or not you need to do this type of planning. If your child is an adult with disabilities, you probably have a pretty good idea of both your child's abilities and what kind of assistance they will need. If your child is able to support themselves, including housing, health insurance, and basic needs, you might still need to consider future care planning, but on a more limited scale. But on the other hand, if your child won't be able to be self-sufficient as an adult, you'll need to make plans to secure their future. And leaving that future up to chance is just not an option. Without a plan, it's possible your child will join the ranks of the millions of people in this country with disabilities who live in poverty. And step three, consider adult guardianship and alternatives at age 18. When your child reaches age 18, you're legally no longer entitled to make decisions about your child's finances or personal care unless you petition a judge to become your child's legal guardian. Although your child might not be capable of making decisions about their well-being at age 18, the law presumes that your child is capable. So for example, 
If your child enters a hospital after they turn 18, medical decisions need to be made. The child's doctor will ask you to show guardianship papers before treating your child. Guardianship is a legal means of protecting a person who is not competent to make decisions about their personal care or finances. And because a full guardianship takes away your child's rights to make important decisions, the decision to petition for guardianship of your child at age 18 should not be automatic. If your child is capable of making some decisions, but not others, a limited guardianship may be more appropriate. Step number four, you want to plan for and secure government benefits at age 18. Your child is going to be eligible for government benefits at age 18, but you have to prepare to preserve those much needed benefits. So there are four programs available for adults with special needs. Medicare, Social Security Disability Insurance, or SSDI, Medicaid, and Supplemental Security Income, SSI. Medicaid and Medicare provide health insurance. SSI and SSDI provide monthly cash assistance. Medicaid recipients are also eligible to participate in so-called Medicaid waiver programs, which provide supported housing and work programs. Step five, you wanna create a life care plan. You need to develop an understanding of what the future care of your child will cost and what your best options are for meeting your child's needs. So many times we talk with parents who have placed their adult child in a particular facility because they just don't know any other options. A life care plan can help ensure your child receives appropriate care, whether at home or in a residential facility, identify public and private sources of support, and give you the peace of mind knowing that you are making the best care choices for your child. And there are professionals in the community who can assess your child's needs and make recommendations. You wanna use them and get the support that you need. <clears throat> Step number six, prepare a living trust and will. You're gonna to wanna to make the transition of your financial wealth as easy as possible for your family. Without an estate plan in place, your loved ones won't inherit your money in the way that you want. And in particular, any inheritance that your child receives will likely disqualify them for government benefits. And furthermore, as your, your financial assets may be subject to the court process called probate. The probate process is public and can take a long time. And plus, your loved ones won't have immediate and protected access to your money, and there are numerous court costs and filing fees. However, if you plan with a revocable living trust, in addition to a will, you decide who has access to information about your children's inheritance. This will protect your child and other family members who may be serving as trustees. Step number seven, you wanna establish a special needs trust. So if your child requires or is likely to require governmental assistance to meet their basic needs, do not leave money directly to your child. Let me say it again a little bit louder for the people in back. Do not leave money directly to your child. Instead, establish a special needs trust. A trust that is not designed with your child's special needs in mind will probably render your child ineligible for essential benefits. A special needs trust is designed to manage resources while maintaining the individual's eligibility for government benefits. Planning is important because many beneficiaries as adults will rely on government benefits for support. 
if the disabled person has assets in their own name, the current limit is $2,000, they might lose eligibility. And Medicaid and other public benefits programs are not going to pay for everything your child might need. And while a special needs trust can pay for medical and dental expenses, annual independent checkups, necessary or desirable equipment, like a specially equipped van, training and education, insurance, transportation, and special foods. Step number eight, you're gonna to wanna to build a team. During your life, you can manage the trust. And when you and your spouse are no longer able to serve as trustee, you can choose who will serve according to the instructions that you have provided. You can choose a team of advisors. You can choose a professional trustee. Regardless, the trustee's primary duty is to protect the trust beneficiary's eligibility for public assistance benefits. Make sure that whoever you choose is financially savvy, well-organized, and more, most importantly, ethical. By default, family members of the beneficiary are often appointed to serve as trustee. All too often, however, family members lack the skills needed to successfully administer a special needs trust. So instead, consider selecting a professional trustee in conjunction with an advisory committee or an advocate or care manager. If not, there are other ways to incorporate professional expertise into the administration of the trust. Step nine, be sure to provide enough financial resources. Now, as a parent, it's your responsibility to provide enough financial resources to make sure that whoever is raising your children will not struggle financially themselves. You need to either have sufficient savings and investment resources to care for your children, or you need to have life insurance. Life insurance is one of the best ways to get money into a special needs trust. And in fact, many parents purchase life insurance solely for the purpose of funding the trust. Work with a trusted advisor to determine exactly how much savings or insurance would be sufficient to support your family if something happened to you. You will also have to consider whether to purchase term insurance, which is less expensive and expires after a certain period of time without building up any continued value or permanent insurance, which is more expensive, but is often guaranteed to be there until you die and does build up cash value. If you have a child with special needs, you should strongly consider purchasing permanent insurance rather than term. Permanent insurance is the only way to guarantee that needed resources will be available for your child upon your death. The decision as to what to purchase and how much must be made with an advisor you absolutely trust. In step 10, be sure you're also passing on more than just your money. I want to think of the knowledge you've gained spending a lifetime caring for your child. Be sure to write or record a complete set of instructions to guide future caregivers and trustees as they take care of your child. Include information regarding residential preferences, medical concerns, preferred doctors and therapists, essential therapies, and social activities. Although such instructions are not legally binding, they can reflect your thinking on a range of issues and provide a plan for the caregivers to follow. You know, these steps are all easy to follow with the right guidance, and you can actually reach out um, to receive a copy of this special needs freedom guide that goes into a little bit more detail on each one of those um, 
those 10 options or 10, um, 10 steps, if you will. Um, and uh, so you can request that from me by emailing info at eastonlawpllc.com and requesting a copy of the Special Needs Freedom Guide. And, um, you know, remember, you don't have to do this alone, right? These steps are easy to follow when you have the right guidance. And it can just all be overwhelming at first. I get it. And far too many parents put off this planning because they don't know where or how to start or, or how easy or difficult it's going to be. You know, there are two options available for you to have absolute peace of mind knowing your family is taken care of during the most difficult time. And number one, you can do it yourself. And if you meet certain criteria, you can definitely be a candidate for a do-it-yourself plan. You have no problem with your children controlling everything you own when they turn 18, which I certainly don't recommend for a child with special needs. Um, also, if your assets are small enough that they wouldn't be subject to the court process of probate. And in certain states, if you have less than a specified amount in your estate, um, your estate will qualify for a streamlined proceeding. And you might be able to get by with that simple form of a will, healthcare directive, and a financial power of attorney. And if you don't have any assets that you want to provide to your child with special needs. You know, so if you meet those three criteria, you may not have to worry quite as much about transferring your assets. However, if you do have a child with special needs and you want to provide your children with an inheritance, you must work with a lawyer. The, law, the laws vary between states um, to a great degree, and they're very intricate laws. So um, being sure that you are working with someone who is very familiar with, um, with special needs trusts and has the right support um, is, is critical. So if this is, you know, if you are looking for a great attorney near you who, um, you know, if they don't do special needs planning, they may at least be able to refer you to someone excellent that they know. I'd recommend finding a personal family lawyer at personalfamilylawyer.com. And I believe we're in almost every state now. So you can generally find a, a personal family lawyer near you. And if you happen to want to discuss this further with me and are in Arizona or Colorado, you can schedule some time on my calendar by calling my front office at 480-999-4455. And again, if you want to request a copy of the Special Needs Freedom Guide, um, you can email us at info at eastonlawpllc.com. So thank you again, guys, for listening in to this episode. I truly appreciate you being here. And, you know, as always, if you're enjoying what you're hearing and um, and think that you have someone else who might be interested in this uh, daily podcast, then I'd love if you would share it with them and um, help me meet and speak to some new people and... Um, Anyway, get the word out about the podcast. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys being here. 
And um, yeah, I think I'll wrap it up for today and we will talk to you tomorrow. This has been Family Wealth and Other Musings and I am your host, Becky Easton. Have a great day.